0: This is again, you're is the city, and you are listening to Not of Distraction. Apparently, we had a lot more following that when I first started this. Oh, yeah, yes, I, we according did. to somebody. Um, yeah, there was, I don't believe her, but it's true. And if I made that up in my head, like we've got some problems because I remember every episode we did a thing. I think it was just me going over statistics, Stakes. but listen to us. Yeah, that was after our skit. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this is us getting back into whatever the heck we were in, and it was fun. <laughs> where we were in, it. <laughs> we don't know
1: where we are. That's why we're called <laughs> nocturnal distraction. Yeah, you know, it's nice. It is nice. I like distracting nocturnally with you. <laughs> I like
0: distracting the nocturnal
1: <laughs> <laughs> nocturnally. <laughs> I like distracting nocturnally
0: with you. I like distracting the nocturnal nocturnally with you. Yes, that's what I was going for. Wordplay that's word salad right there, guys. If you're confused, good. That was the point. Yeah, winner. Don't try it at home. <laughs> you might Sorry, hurt you yourself. You, you'll hurt your brain. Trust me. <sighs> All right, well, <laughs> as if you blah 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 blah. blah, blah. This is actually part two of an episode or a case. So, if you have not listened to part one yet, you might want to go back and do that, or you're going to be a little lost. I right? can be a lot lost, actually. Uh, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to that. But just in case, and just in case you need a reminder, uh, content trigger warnings, uh, child death, uh, cops of mental health illnesses, such as depression, postpartum depression, um, eating disorders, postpartum psychosis, controlling assholes, that too, um, religion that's kind of overzealous, but if any of that triggers you, please just go ahead and skip this one and the last episode, and we'll catch you on the next one, so take care of yourself first. Um, but we are covering the case of Andrea Yates right now, and just really, really brief like i would cap everything and go back and listen to the first episode for that basically andrea yates is a young woman (laughs) who has set ideas who has um who worked really hard and was really independent and met a guy named rusty and he follows a very very hellfire preacher who thinks that everyone should have as many babies as they can even though they're all going to hell and so she's been popping out babies their marriage while he makes her live in a bus and gets her of all of her stuff.
1: Strips her of being a human being. Yeah. Individual. Um,
0: and the basis of this whole point was she winds up drowning all five of her kids in a bathtub one morning. And we're leading up to what causes that and why, my opinion, she was definitely not in the right, she's not held, she's not responsible. She was not arrested. So that's what we were kind of getting up to. But if you want more details and feel kind of like what's leading us up to this part, please come back and listen to it. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. We yes. left off. She had her fourth kid, yeah. right? She had just had her fourth kid, kid. and there was something different going on. I know. Right. So here we go. Here we go. So we know that, um, Andrea, um, earlier in her life, like her teenage years, she had suffered from other like mental health issues, like bulimia before. Um, I bet she's been relatively happy, if you can be living in a bus and whatnot, um, during the early years with her children. But that kind of changes with that fourth pregnancy. Um, she starts struggling as soon as she has her son Luke. There are things that start changing about her behavior at this point. And she's also trying to homeschool her oldest, Noah, <laughs> because obviously he's needing to be educated. That means she's spending 24-7 with her children in a converted bus of 360 square where- feet while rusting you off Galavant, whatever. Oh, um and just hop it all off hop it all off. any of you've had children, you know how often you go through diapers, right? Mm-hmm. And disposable diapers are fantastic. fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. She was not allowed to have them. She had to have the cloth ones.
1: He works at fucking NASA, and she's
0: gonna have cloth shit because it's wasteful. Oh my God. so. Not only is she trying to homeschool her oldest and have three younger children below him, but each of these children is like uh, five and under at this time. So two of them at least at are least two, Yeah, At least one of them, for sure. So she's having to clean these cloth
1: diapers like right shit off of them,
0: clean them, hang them out to dry every Does time. she even have running water or a kitchen inside of a converted bus? I would assume so if it's a converted one. They're living in a trailer park. Gotta have water. But still, can you imagine having to do that every, like, no. But it's hard, it was hard enough when I had to just get in that diaper thrown away before they pooped themselves in it. Right. And I bet she's not allowed to go to a laundromat, so she has no, to hand wash all, all of their clothes. Of course. So she's got that all on her, on her head, too. Because, again, uh, she's not allowed to use wasteful products because of that. Uh,
1: Materialistic. It's almost like
0: he is to- like doing it on purpose, like torturing her. Like he is I think that part of it is I part I will only give Rusty this little bit. I think part of him fully believes in this hellfire creature. And so he's just blindly. All the
1: way, right. To a certain extent. Right. And so he almost at this moment. There's parts of him that remind me of my ex, right? Like, he only believed in the family unit. Like, he didn't want to go to family gatherings. It was just me, him, and the kids, right? And, um, oh, he wanted me barefoot and pregnant all the time, you know? From the age 14, which I think is ridiculous. No 14-year-old boy dreams of having a fucking family of his own. But, like, his mom was an addict. And, like, his, he just wanted a family where he was yeah. in charge. Well, he just wanted that. You know? And the so, I, right, I wonder if, like, that's what he wanted, except for he just, like, like, like took it to the extreme. He might have a dream
0: point, but I think he met this war war-nesky and, like, just stuff got twisted. and worked. Yeah. And and it just... And he was... hey, I mean, don't you notice that your wife is fucking miserable? Yeah. Oh, just, but she's uh, not a wife. She's a servant. I forgot. My bad. Well, that's their... It doesn't matter if they're a wife or not. They're still Mm-hmm.
1: Because
0: yeah. if they're not, they're a leader. Or a ruler. And yeah. So, basically, at this point that's where we're at um, but <laughs> she's doing this in spite of developing starting to develop really severe depression which any female would know after you have sometimes after having one child you can develop postpartum depression now imagine popping up four of them plus having a miscarriage within six years Yeah, that's a lot of hormonal changes like I said hormonal changes physical changes mental changes living situation changes I mean even without the hormonal stuff as a lot right and you you strip somebody of their identity completely
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, and like she's been kind of secluded from any of her support system too. you know so it's just she started so she's starting to develop and she's already had like a predisposition to mental health stuff so she's starting to develop this really severe depression so in 1999 um she really starts to recognize that there's something wrong and she starts acting very detached, very vacant. Um, she doesn't communicate. And she actually says to Rusty, I'm having these unmanageable feelings and I'm worried that I'm going to hurt our children. Outright, like just like that. Yes. And I mean, obviously, when somebody is suffering from like postpartum depression, it can be very debilitating and it can come in a lot of forms. So somebody might not seem interested in their baby or they might seem overly protective Sometimes. or or not wants anyone else to be near them. Um, It might be that they're very exhausted. They just can't connect the way they want to. Um, That type of a thing. That's it, It's a different experience for each person who goes to suppression. You know, and every parent feels different too. But when a parent starts to think about the idea they may want to hurt their child, it can be that we're starting to look at something called postpartum psychosis which is very very different and very dangerous. Psychosis is when you have a literal break from reality. So basically things that once made sense to you don't make sense to you anymore. They can they can go from a silent and suspicious and afraid and par- and then they're in this paranoid state which is kind of where Andrew is right now. Hey, so she's aware like this isn't normal but this feels very real. Yes. And she vocalizes and, and it she to vocalizes her <laughs> like i'm really scared that i'm going to do something which has got to be hard in general to like even vocalize those feelings especially to a man like that yeah but like to to like scared enough to be like
1: i ain't right and so like any human being a husband would be like we got to get you help because these are my kids Mm -hmm. like take it serious Mm -hmm. so what how does he react So right now, the fact that she's
0: actually telling Rusty that she's scared of hurting her children is a real red flag because many will say, like, for example, a lot of people will develop OCD after birth. And that's true. And with OCD, you can develop those um, intrusive thoughts where you feel afraid and they can include things like uh, hurting your children. However, with OCD, you're so fearful of this that it's not really a reality process. You're not processing it as it actually might become reality. It's it's not that you're having like these thought processes that are directing you that way. Right. They're intrusive and they're terrifying you, but that added anxiety makes like this boundary that you'll never cross. Right. It's more like my kid is annoying me annoying me and I just want to get their head and slam it up against the wall. But you won't but, actually do it. No. You might feel mad enough to but you won't. Like yeah. you've got that inherent like boundary and she's like and they're saying, like I'm I'm not bad. sure. I I you know, like this I don't feel right. Like, I could possibly do it and not feel any remorse. hmm Or maybe not that, but just, like, she's just scared. Right. She's scared. Um, and so apparently at this time, she had kind of said to a psychiatrist at one point, I mean, and this, this might be jumping forward a little bit to where she starts seeing them, that she had even imagined her and her son Noah with a knife, um, this obviously makes her feel dreadful. She feels like a really bad mother, like she's failing, and she's becoming in- in- increasingly convinced that she couldn't give her children what they needed. She was scared. She thought her kids were going to grow into criminals and potential serial killers. And she had these pictures all built up in her head that that the, their potential was bad rather than good because she thought she was failing them as a
1: mother. And you've got this guy saying, you're all going to go to hell anyways. Mm-hmm you're he like predestined them
0: Mm -hmm. told oh my yeah and so um she's also starts talking about the fact that there are cameras in the house watching her and it doesn't it does not matter how unrealistic that is for her it is an absolute reality for that person that might be experiencing anything like that that is that absolute reality like, like, pink, pink, like they knew there's no convincing and there's not because they think that there is. And they that that's their reality. Yeah. Period. in the story. It's like a person that's on drugs. Yeah. Methamphetamine to be exact. When they're all like. Ah. Yeah. She thought there was cameras in her house. Watching her. Yep. Oh, wow. That's where that paranoia. At this point, Andrea says to Rusty, I need to go to the hospital. I need somebody to make me feel that I am safe. Rusty won't let her. He basically says, no, no, no. You just need to go talk to your mom. <laughs> oh, now I can talk to my mom. And even though that's how what he advised at that moment, she didn't call her mom yet. And a few days later, she called Rusty at work and says, okay, I need to do something about the way I'm feeling. And she's shaking. She's completely distressed. And Rusty takes her to her mother's. <laughs> Why he chose to do that, I
1: don't know. But the next what. She probably doesn't want to go to her mom because she probably feels like a failure. Because her mom, there's a certain stereotype like. Maybe but I'm not even sure she wanted all that. I I don't know. I mean, there's shame. Like you're gonna go to your mom. Like I live in a tray. I live in a bus. Yeah. I look like this. I think it was more
0: along the lines of like she thought that like like when you're married like you like that's the person that you should be able to reach out to and be like I need help and they're they should help you. So she probably felt kind of. Just, and then so she tried again. And this time he actually takes her to her mom's, which is not a good idea. Um, when she's there, uh, she takes a really large amount of her father's antidepressant. Oh. So she's tried to kill herself. She's scared, and she is so scared about her potential of what she might do to her children. She wants to escape. She wants to get out. She's like, it. Like, I'd rather kill myself than harm my kids, And that's what she says. Um, Because from there, she spends a week in a hospital, in a psychiatric hospital, and she expresses in that hospital, like, basically, like, look, the reason I did this is I think I might hurt my kids. I know that this is more than just me thinking and that there's something about these thoughts that I'm having that are making me believe I could hurt my children. So she has a plan. Like, she's, like, planning it out. Sort of, but she's letting them know that she had taken the overdose to protect protect the children and 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 put this in mind with the reality that she's believing right now. Right. right. That killing herself would send her straight to hell. Like and this is a very religious woman. Like what like what does that tell you? Like as a mother, she is willing to go to hell. Right. Like protect hysteria. her children. That's how serious it's her only it is. option. She is willing to do that to right. save her children. Like she's and that's what she's basically trying to convey like she would be like that's why I did this. Keep in mind, this is the first hospital. So she loves her. She does. She does. And in the end, you'll find out. You'll find out. Yeah, it's it's hard to wrap her head around. Now, Rusty's explanation for this is that she's probably suffering um, from the concept of salvation. (laughs) What the fuck? What it seems he's trying to do is deflect the reality of the magnitude of the situation as opposed to listening (laughs) to the struggles of his wife.
1: Because he knows it's his fault. He's like, oh, fuck, what the fuck? I mean, he's got to recognize (laughs) that, like right and like the things that she is saying is almost like the things that he is making her fearful of because of what this guy and like yeah and he's all like oh fuck yeah i don't even know where he's going right now um
0: oh god you know sorry. and mm. um sorry i just no. to do it. so i mean like needless to say she's obviously terrified right now but after she's released from the like, psychiatric yeah, Unit. She's put under the care of a psychiatrist, and this is a Dr. Eileen Starbranch, and Starbranch, who has seen hundreds of psychiatric patients in her career, actually said that Andrea was one of the sickest patients she had ever treated. Now, this is a psychiatrist that works in, you know, field like like a, like a hospital. I don't in that field. Yes. So during her, who has seen
1: hundreds
0: of psychiatric psychiatric. I can't say the word psychiatric. You know what I mean? Yeah. Patients with a variety of mental illnesses. And she is saying that Andrew is one of the sickest patients. At this point, one of the sickest patients. She's mm-hmm. never seen. held in this She still has a whole other kid to go. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is only the first hospital. Um, so then this psychiatric, psychiatrist starts treating her medically, which is what the psychiatrist does. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives her 150 milligrams of Zoloft. antidepressant uh five milligrams of zyprexa an antipsychotic medication that balances the levels of dopamine and serotonin um which is the substance that helps you regulate mood behaviors and thoughts uh it's also noted that andrea struggled to take the drugs regularly Uh, she obviously had conflict about doing so based on the religion and it just seems that she would miss doses of the antipsychotic and then stops taking it completely she's not being longer and then she continues to take the antidepressants for a little bit longer, but she misses doses of it. And anybody who has ever taken any medications for mental health conditions know that you you can't do that. <laughs> like, I mean, you just can't. It's not, obviously, they're not going to be effective. They're not going to work as well. And if she doesn't have anybody at home supporting her and, like, making sure it's taken, yeah, I mean, okay, she's not going that. One day my parents and I listen to this, and I'm sorry, Dad. i love you but my mom has to give him physically hand him his medication morning night or he'll just forget yeah he will just forget it's not because he's meaning to it's not because he's trying to be neglectful of it but that's part of his mental you know and (laughs) it and she knows that she needs to hand it directly to him right that's what a loving spouse does because they want to make sure that they're mentally you know is that they're happy healthy etc right type of a thing but um so obviously stuff starts to worsen because problem about going on like especially antipsychotics and then coming off of them is when people aren't looking paying attention um it means that first you can get sicker when you and it also means you can get sicker when you go back on them you know and they and there's a chance that they'll be less effective so the management of these psychiatric conditions has to be done with really really like
1: strict diligence like a regimen like a routine Mm -hmm.
0: because um otherwise there's catastrophic consequences like just going cold turkey off of something means that if you try to get back on it again it might not be as effective it might affect you in different ways right there's the detox you know know what i mean oh my god lots of that stuff so now a really scary really scary like being like almost you know like trying to kill yourself isn't scary enough um happened in july 1999 Rusty comes home from work and finds Andrea with a knife to her throat and she is begging him just let me take my life. He has to force the knife off of her um, but she's obviously got those massive suicidal ideations. Um, This is also about her tripping in and out of that psychosis because the fact that she's wanting to harm herself with such a violence is a sign of psychosis because remember, the suicide uh, ideation is different for every single person, but when psychosis isn't involved, it tends to be more violent, um, as opposed to just, like, somebody who's got, I don't even want to say normal suicidal ideations, but basically normal suicidal ideations. You think about, they think about a large dose of pills, you know, something that's not violent. It's not going to leave a horrific or whatever, but when you've got somebody who has gotten to this, point such as stabbing oneself in the neck that's violent it's painful most people do not choose that that is psychosis, tripping in and out of that psychosis. like she realizes that she wants to hurt her kids she doesn't want to do it but then she wants to end herself in this very violence right it's like an angel and a devil like she's constantly conflicted in like which way do i go battling like i want to be here but i can't be here but i you know and so like she's obviously can't make a decision. Like, struggling. on to Oh my God. So, um, even though Rusty is obviously aware that she's in pain, he doesn't feel like uh, eh, he's taking it as seriously as he should be.
1: He's like, shut the fuck up, bitch, and just go do my laundry.
0: Because <sighs> <laughs> she's still ta- ta- constantly talking about the fact that she still has these ideas and thoughts and wanting to arm kids. However, at least this time, she is admitted to the hospital against her will. Surprisingly. <laughs> I think because I think she's gotten like, She's tripping so far into that psychosis part that she's losing touch of any reality. And she'll forget, like, okay, this is what I want to do. Or she'll be, or it's just, I don't want to
1: go in there because I want to kill myself. Right? Or, well, like, what if she wasn't a psycho? Like, I want to kill myself. I need to go. And then she trips out of it. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you taking me
0: away from my kids? Like, and, that, well, then, and that's the other part of it. That's the thing with psychosis. Is in, and out, in and out. In and out of psychosis. Mind you, we have not hit the psychotic break. This is just the psychosis part. Um, so now she's admitted to the hospital again. So this is the second the hospital stay. Okay. Um, the Zyprexa that she was on was doubled. And then a month later, she starts taking Welbutrin, which is another antidepressant, and apexer another antidepressant. Hmm. They also add in aldol decano- decanoid. Hmm. Aldol is a very strong antipsychotic. And lastly, they also add something I have not of um i guess that's usually used with parkinson's but can also be used with uncontrolled movements that can be brought on by medication so sometimes oh, yes yeah, sometimes you to take certain medications you develop uncontrollable muscle movements basically okay she yep and so like this is that's this is the medication to help offset that basically like, so we are at this part where she's on a cocktail of drugs which is uh, can't say anything about that right. guilty as charged um <laughs> But it should be working. It should be helping. That's the thing. It's like this cocktail is actually pretty typical. Uh, It's not always effective, but it does show that they are trying to get Andrea to a point where she can deal with the world in a more appropriate way. Like they are listening. They are trying. And anyone who has had to or is taking any mental health medications, um, unless you have gotten really, really, really freaking lucky with the very first medication ever prescribed you helping, The process to get the right one or the right ones and the right cocktail and the right dosages can take varying amounts of times. And soon, a problem with the medical stays and prescriptions is that they wind up exhausting their medical insurance. I don't know how this worked back in the 90s, but apparently they've exhausted their medical insurance. Which means that um, she's taken off the Halodol. Oh, fuck. Which is the antipsychotic that seemed to be having the most positive impact. Instead, she's put back on the antipsychotic Zaprexa, which they must stop her on at some point, but I couldn't really get clarification on when during this hospital stay, they take her off the halodol,
1: back on the diaper. Now, like, so there's that adjustment period, right? Like, when I got on mine, I was really tired yeah. and I it's like they usually say, right? And she's going through all this while homeschooling, changing shitty diapers, taking care of kids running around. In a fucking van. In a, well, a bus. And a husband not listening to her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So um, Dr. Starbranch is very honest with him at this point. And she says, look, do not have any more children because the problem is we've got you under control at this point. And she was under control. Andrea had started to enjoy being a parent again. And she had started talking less about wanting to harm herself. It seemed like they had managed to create this situation where those cocktail drug was balanced, but the thing that could change that was if she had any more kids. Hormonal balance. The doctor literally told them avoid having more children.
1: Oh, and well, guess what happened? <laughs> I'm being pregnant. As they
0: had become more aware of her struggles, andrew's family at this point does get involved and says to Rusty. Look, one of the things that needs to change is you need to have some permanent accommodations. She needs to feel she has roots. She needs to feel that you know that this will help alleviate some of the stress she's experienced. In other words, I get out of the bus and get a house. Help, you know, like like <sighs> at least the house, right? something it doesn't have wheels. Mm-hmm. And so in 1999, they do move into a really small house in Houston, but at least it's a house.
1: <gasps> mm-hmm. Cut four sounding walls, yeah. and know, we have No wheels, you know, bathroom smaller than or bigger than a closet. They probably have separate rooms,
0: yeah. Maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh, real. Um, but when did they even have sex like with their
1: kids right next to them? Did they have rooms in a bus?
0: Yeah, I would assume that since this was a converted bus, it got bump heads in the back, kind of like a big RV. <laughs> I imagine I'm imagining it, I couldn't find pictures of it. I'm imagining it as like an RV. <laughs>
1: And, like, the doors are those, like, accordion. Oh, my God. Okay. We're in
0: a house now. So, um, but in October 1999, she again gets admitted to the hospital. She's severely depressed. She's got those psychotic features again. She's feeling really weak. Because they took away the hound doll. But Rusty, Rusty doesn't like his wife being in the hospital. He's got to take care of kids didn't seem to like the fact that she wasn't there to take care of the kids.
1: Hmm. I
0: also think, I also think he probably felt embarrassed, if not ashamed, of the fact that his wife was in a psychiatric unit and so he's really eager for her to get discharged because he wants the kids homeschooled. He wants another child. He wants
1: another child. Like, why would you want to have another child with a woman like that? Okay, so if my wife was Lava Rocker, I wouldn't want to... Because he's
0: still so believing in his helper. Are- Who says
1: that you're supposed to have as many?
0: So, despite what her psychiatric has specifically told both of them, he still wants
1: more children. (laughs) He just wants to torture. Like he just wants to like
0: I think ruin her. So like ingrained with that like having it. (sighs) Okay. Now, as I've said, even though Andrea is still having moments where mental health is really unstable, she feels a little bit better on this this round of drugs that they get her on. This. This was her third hospital stay, mind you, in about a year. Oh, wow. And in November 1999, she decided, we're going to have another baby. Oh, we're going to give in to the dick hole. Even though every expert around her has said, this is going to be, could be, and probably will be catastrophic for you. One of the things is, is that when someone has serious postpartum, has had serious postpartum depression, particularly with psychosis, is her knowledge that when when you look at, at at the the fact that these issues may happen again, and and those the probability of that is quite high, it's 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 got to be like this awful thing for her to go through again, right? Because like um she's got to balance or manage that psychologically because they have to make a decision: what's more important, having my family or being sane? Oh. And when you're already not fully in your mental health already.
1: Being swayed and being pushed, him. like with your core belief and wanting to please him and not wanting to make him look bad in front of his preacher dude, like. Well,
0: and her too. She is believing it too. So, think, you know, I,
1: I think mean, she literally had to force herself to believe some of the shit at this point. Well, and
0: I think eventually she just got so beaten down to like, what else did she have? Right. So regardless of all this risk that are in place, she um comes off all her drugs. And trust me when I tell you, and this is from personal experience, coming off of all your antipsychotic and antidepressant drugs at one time is an absolute great danger beyond, and being pregnant on top of that. Or i well, not pregnant, pregnant, yet? pregnant yet. Not okay. yet. But coming off of any health, mental health drug, even if it's just like one antidepressant so that you're on cold turkey, it's not good. Mm-mm. because that is a lot of risk it's just dangerous don't do it guys just just don't like i i I did it once and it was not by choice
1: <laughs> no I remember that that was bad And it was
0: bad it was bad I still can 't believe they did that mm-hmm. but like it's, it's a detox. the wor- it's the worst thing ever because <laughs> and you can't do anything about it you mm-hmm. can't even think straight enough to call the doctor to like
1: tell them, like something's wrong
0: tell them, like be like uh... <laughs> Fix it,
1: <laughs> right? Because your body becomes one. Your body physically becomes dependent on it. Two. It your mind. Well, your has you're starting, reconstructed. You
0: finally started correcting what was wrong to begin with, and so when you when you sever those wires, so to speak, again, and,
1: and how everything
0: like everything goes back to sculptor,
1: right? And it took her like almost a whole year to get to that place, right, almost, with the cocktails and the in and out of hospitals I and I mean, it's just, it's just like they get uh, her kind.
0: They get her stable, and then she's like, off to the races, and, and right. then she stops, and, and then a lot of the times, too, people start feeling better, and then they'll stop taking the stuff just because they're feeling better and not understanding. The medication is what's making them feel better.
1: Right. So I'm sure
0: she's got some of that going on, too.
1: And I wonder what happens to your brain, like being hardwired and then unhired, you know? It's not
0: good. That's the whole point. Like, that's why they say, like, a lot of the drugs will then become not as effective, will affect you in different ways. They won't,
1: you won't be able to use
0: the same ones. That, like, and your it. brain
1: is now on a different level that yeah, they probably right. don't even have a drug for because you fucked it up so bad. Could be. And because Rusty, you know, yeah, that's too. Okay, go on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so rusty uh, pipes in at this point and uh tells a story that they have a family doctor who said oh that's fine for her to come off of that if there's any problems we'll just get her back on all of them afterwards but there was no word about who this genius family doctor was because i can't see anybody but um a hellfire preacher saying that
1: you're just throwing it out there the same is um, that preacher dead oh <laughs>
0: It certainly wasn't the psychiatrist, though.
1: <laughs> once she had been care, seen, whose care
0: she was under, because <laughs> anyone with a degree in like biology and chemistry will tell you that when people are on things like antipsychotics and antidepressants, it's downright dangerous to come off of all of them. Secondly, it usually means that that they will once again start to display these very scary behaviors, and if so, trying to get that person balanced again becomes <clears throat> nearly impossible Mm -hmm. because by going off all of her drugs not only will the normal issues rise but also the fact that she's now having to deal with the situations and issues that needed she needed to be on the medications for without the drugs (laughs) so now she's having to deal with extra stuff on top of the other stuff and she doesn't even have the drugs that were helping her and you're taking and you're talking about a potential of the further use of them in the future not working also
1: uh huh, and then so like everything
0: that's worked prior to this point may not anymore.
1: Right, and then the move, even though it was a good move, it's still a move. It's still changed. It's mm-hmm. still different and brand new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Um,
0: and Andrea, um, though she's at this time reluctant to have another child because she knows what it might lead to. She feels if she becomes ill, she might hurt her kids. Yeah, it is still something that she agrees to go forward with and try because he is her husband and she's the wife. And she's trying to make him.
1: happy. And that's what all good servants do. Exactly.
0: She even refers to herself as Fertile Myrtle. Oh, my God. Because she always gets pregnant really, really quickly. It takes about two months after she gets discharged from the hospital in October, I think, to get pregnant.
1: <laughs> so did he only have sex with her the time she got pregnant? And then after that, no it's sex? It's like every
0: time they had sex, she got pregnant. Right, okay, go on. Throughout that (laughs) next year, without any medication, receiving no mental health care, uh, the whole time with Rusty really pushing for another baby. And in November 2000, she's blessed with her fifth and final child, Mary. So, first daughter. (gasps) Awesome. And as before, as the doctors have warned, her condition becomes worse. Mm -hmm. As soon as she gives birth, she starts to struggle. To add to this, in March 2001, Four months after Mary was born, Andrea's father dies of Alzheimer's, and she was very close to him. So let's just, you know, so when you're already struggling with your mental health, and then one of your primary foundations that you have is removed from your life, it's very difficult, first of all, in general, to cope with that grief, let alone somebody who's having to deal with raising five children, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, um,
1: homeschooling,
0: yeah, home, like all that stuff. So <laughs> you can imagine like a normal person who's in good mental health losing a parent. And she is, has no a support. to them that they are very close to.
1: Right.
0: Even raising five children. I mean, that's already going to be hard. But then you throw in postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, uh,
1: homeschooling.
0: You got to get all on top of that.
1: No support. Not being able to like mm-hmm. grieve. hmm.
0: <sighs> exactly. In March 2001, again, Andrea is admitted to hospital, and she is near catatonic at this state. And I'll get into what that means. Uh, So mind you, this is her fourth hospital stay at this point, within the last, like, two years. Um, Now, many people don't really understand what catatonic means, so I'm just going to kind of quickly go over that. Uh, Usually, people will think of someone who is catatonic as being very quiet, unresponsive, basically in a coma, but awake. But when someone like Andrea is in a catatonic state, they may be quiet on the outside, but inside their heads, like they are screaming. Mm. They are having horrific images, ideas, desires to do things that were horrible to.
1: That are so overwhelming. They can't talk.
0: Exactly. Terrible things that they've never done. And if these thoughts and images are so scary, I mean, they're so scary, it brings them to a state of silent nothingness. Speechlessness. They just stop. They just stop. And that's, it's a very, very dangerous point. Even though they seem oh, docile my God. they're not so at this point she's actually put under the hair of a Dr. Mohammed Saeed and she's put on suicide watch straight away obviously so she this time she's in for two weeks and then
1: discharged are they still living in Florida yes okay um,
0: but it seems after this two weeks that she's that um ugh. but sorry but it seems like even after these two weeks of being in there when she does get discharged, she's still not doing well at home. She's not eating. She's very quiet. She doesn't seem to be able to take care of the children in the way that people are accustomed to. And within another a short period of time, she's again back in the hospital for a week. This is now the fifth hospital stay, everybody. At this point, they only diagnosed her with postnatal. And this is sometimes a referred to as postpartum depression and sometimes it's referred to as postnatal depression so forgive me if I go back and forth there um with postnatal depression which is kind of frustrating because um of what's going to happen (laughs) and what I find frustrating about this is that Andrea has not been holding in about the way she feels like she's been telling people for a long time like last two years that she's concerned about her potential harm to her own children She's been in and out of psychiatric units. She's been told not to have another child that could do her damage. And now she's had another child. So it's not like she hasn't asked for help. It's not like there hasn't been this long record of it.
1: Right. Like, People are fully aware. Yes. So on
0: the 3rd of May, her mother watches and sees something quite worrying. Because Andrea fills the bath, but it's the afternoon. And when she's asked about it, she says she might need it for later down the line. And this is while her mom is there. And later on, she admits that she planned to drown the children that day, but changed her mind, perhaps because her mom interrupted her.
1: Questioned it, yeah.
0: And now she's also reached the point that she is very scared and even mentioning her thoughts at that moment in time because she feels if you... Sorry, I forgot punctuation in my note too. She's reached the point she's scared to even mention her thoughts anymore to anybody because she feels now... If you tell somebody, then Satan will have heard it, and he'll make it happen because of that. So now she's even afraid to voice what she's feeling. Because now she's basically almost completely lost touch of reality. Completely whatsoever. And so after that day with the bath, they admit her again. This is now the sixth hospital stay. Mm. And again, she appears catatonic. She's staring into space. She hasn't been eating. She's scratching bald patches on her scalp. Um, At this time, she could have also been suffering from trichotomania. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. It's a compulsion to pull your hair out, basically. (laughs) Um, But again, even though she goes in (laughs) at this point, she's discharged on the 14th of May, so 10 days later. Within a day of that, she's back. So now we're on our seventh hospital stay and stays another week before she's discharged home on the 22nd of May. This would be her seventh stay in the hospital due to her psychosis symptoms.
1: Why are they even letting her out?
0: It's an insurance.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: I don't know. There's like a certain
1: amount of time. I don't know
0: what the rules were back it was. This was the late 90s, early 2000s. Mental health stuff was not as known. Yeah, it was.
1: And the husband was probably like, get her ass home.
0: That too. <laughs> The psychiatrist then decided they maybe needed two upper meds because they're just not having the same impact as before. So at that point, they increased the Effexor or the antidepressant. Um, they they're give, not sending
1: anybody home to check on the kid, like a nurse. Nobody's trying to check on the kids and see how the kids are doing. I well, being
0: taking Rusty's word for it. Oh
1: my fucking God. Okay.
0: Um, so they increased the Effexor and they have her on twice the recommended daily maximum dose, which I'm not going to say anything about because
1: she she's dope the fuck out (laughs) um
0: they reintroduce the halidol at Mm. four milligrams a day and they also give her mertazepam octavius i don't even know what that is it's an antidepressant okay per day um and dr saeed who's obviously now been involved in her case says to rusty and andrea and he basically says to them whatever happens she must not be alone with the children she has to be supervised." Twenty four seven.
1: What happened to her original psychiatrist? The one that well, I
0: think that like once like she got into the really really psychotic catatonic, she needed to be it, bumped up. Yes, because it was a different level of hospital, you know, that's that's taking it up more than a regular psychiatrist. I think is like,
1: oh yeah, and she probably got fired because of their personal doctor. Remember <laughs> oh, my fucking Yeah, no, That's the hellfire future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but basically, this respected medic is so concerned about her. That they actually say, do not leave her alone with these kids, not for a
1: minute. So, what happens, does Rusty do? I bet.
0: At this point, Rusty's mother does move into a hotel nearby to help out, although I think she should probably just move in with them. Now, while she does visit each day and is absolutely concerned about Andrea's mental state, Andrew is still getting alone time with the children. As I have mentioned, they have at this point, Represcribed the Halidol, and that previous experience worked for her. And she does slightly improve, but she's still very quiet. And many times when someone is like, oh, like someone with psychosis is quiet, it's the most dangerous.
1: Calm well, before the storm.
0: Yeah, it's the most dangerous they can be to themselves or others. Often we associate quietness with being contained, but it's not when it comes to psychosis. That's when you have to be really, really worried. Now. Mm. Sources seem a bit mixed on this next part too. Some of the things I had read said that at first she was never left alone with the kids and later on when she was given time alone with them. Later on, she was given time alone with them. It was also mixed on whether she had stopped taking the halidol herself or if the doctors decided that it was no longer needed. Either way, she stopped taking the halidol. Now, mind you, this is the one medication that has ever even seemed to work very well her and therefore not being on it
1: is not good so it's basically like her disease is in full control like she doesn't it's her mind telling her what to do
0: kind of because like i said i couldn't quite clarify whether the doctors were taking her off the Haldol or she decided to
1: she's listening to the voices at this point i mean
0: at this point i don't think it matters what she would have been on yeah so on june 20th 2001 she's been off HALDOL for two weeks and it's been less than a month since she less than a month since she was last discharged from her hospital stay and she's began to decline at this point
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. on this day she calls nine hundred and eleven. It's Andrea on the phone she says the police need to come to the house you can listen to that phone call on youtube if you want she's very calm very monotone sounds kind of dazed and she just wants the police to come she doesn't want to say what's happened but she wants them there She also calls her husband at work and she says he needs them to come, or she needs him to come home. He asks her, Is anyone hurt? She responds, Yes, the kids. He says, Which one? She says, All of them. In a second call to him, she says, It's time. So, before we continue on with this, I want you all to remember Andrea Yates is suffering severe. Postpartum and postnatal depression plus postnatal psychosis. Now, one in 10 women suffer postpartum depression. And it's thought that one in a thousand women suffer from postpartum psychosis. It is such a serious condition, though. And I want you to close your eyes for a second here with me. If you're not already trying to sleep. And try Mm -hmm. to put yourself in her shoes. If you're dealing with severe depression, severe anxiety, severe paranoia, mistrust, delusions, terrifying auditory and visual hallucinations. You can see things, you can hear things, and I don't just mean in your head, like you can physically see things and you can hear these things. And um, you, with the psychosis, you get a completely skewed version and vision of reality. But to you, it is 100% real. Imagine sitting at the dinner table, for example, and seeing a food of plate in front of you. You see the fork sitting next to the plate to you. It's 100% real to you. but everyone around you, they're saying there's nothing in front of you at all. Your reality does not match reality. That is psychosis. So, in spite of (laughs) being warned, in spite of being in this state, and everyone knowing that she was in this state, she was allowed to be alone with her kids for an hour a day. One hour a day. Rusty would later say that the last round of medications that they had her on was not like what they had her on before. Oh, maybe it's because um, they weren't working as well, which is what they warned you about. Anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. And she was on them. And this time she's not on any. Well, she's on
0: the same ones, but they're not working as well because that was one of the things that they said might happen. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. On. <laughs>
0: Yeah, on this round, she was doing okay, but she wasn't completely Andrea. Keep in mind that this is something that the doctors warned them about and why Andrea should not have any more children. But since she was being stable, if you saw my fingers, right? (laughs) Quote, unquote, stable, in his opinion, Rusty decided, after getting opinions from others who followed his church, that Mm -hmm. Andrea needed to be weaned off of having full supervision with the children. Otherwise, she would never learn to take care of the kids alone by herself god forbid rusty <laughs> so it was decided that andrew would be alone with the kid for one hour a day but one hour a day it's a long time mm-hmm. because as we find out unfortunately it takes less than an hour to drown five kids age seven to under a year six
1: months um so didn't she like one by one
0: we we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. so later when she tells the psychiatrist why she did it she said that basically these thoughts i mean thoughts began when she had noah her eldest within a few months but like they weren't terrible 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 until like after her fourth kid um she also recognized that she saw the postpartum psychosis a few months after luke's birth as well her fourth child and it happened again after mary's the fifth so in essence she was going through pregnancy to pregnancy getting worse and worse in her mental state. And when people have looked at the, con- like, contributors, factors as to why she killed her children,
1: one of the things that many have
0: said is that uh, her husband didn't help her. Right. And The what, relationship didn't help her.
1: No, she had no support. And wasn't it like she thought that she was doing good by killing her kids so they wouldn't grow up to be, like, murderers? Oh, okay, sorry.
0: Um, i knew a little bit so debbie holmes who was a friend of andrea said that rusty did absolutely nothing to help andrea he wouldn't even wipe a child's mouth he wouldn't accept that andrea was clearly depressed he didn't trust psychiatrists, even (laughs) though doctors would say that andrea needs to have nights out with friends away from the kids you know other adult interaction he didn't think so and on the odd occasions that andrea actually did go see a friend rusty would call straight away He'd be complaining that the children were in dirty diapers. He'd be constantly questioning what, about what the children had to eat, that they'd been really nervous, asking when she'd come home. He'd want her home by
1: 9.30. So he badgered her. It wasn't yeah, even so like, like...
0: it wasn't even, yeah.
1: You know... Um, what was the point of going? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and then Debbie also said that when she visited her, Andrea just seemed completely outside the realms of ration. She just wandered up and down with her baby. And didn't seem to have any understanding of where she was, or what she was doing, or what the children—the children were just running around crazy because she was just staring at them vacantly. Again, that psychosis.
1: Right. So when you see those movies of people in mental asylums and they're just like walking back and forth and like, oh my god.
0: And part of that, if they're already in the hospital, it could be drugs. It could be. It could be. But hers is definitely like.
1: She was in her own reality in yep. her head. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So Fighting I- herself. Like, no, you don't want to hurt your kids. Yeah, you do want to hurt your kids. No, you well, don't. Yeah. I'm gonna. Tell
0: those intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Take over. So, bringing us back to June 20th, 2001. After the 911 call, obviously the police go to the home. Andrea opens the door and said, I killed my kids. But, but I mean, imagine being one of those officers. Right. This quiet woman coming to the door and just saying, I killed my kids. It's like... What the fuck? Like, how do you react? Like, are you serious? She's really calm about this. I mean, but they said she was just quiet and calm. And she just pointed at the room and kind of sat down on the couch, I think, you know? Like, uh, somebody who is sane does not do that.
1: Mm-mm. And you know, the sad thing is just she fr- probably felt relief. Like that, in a way, like that moment, yes. The disease—that's what it's been working at the whole time, Mm -hmm. and it finally got what it wanted, Mm -hmm. and now she could breathe.
0: Well, it's getting to where she—it's getting to where her. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's hard. It's hard to explain kind of that order there. Um, So there are a lot of stereotypes about this case. Obviously, a lot of you will have watched things, and the police are really, really bitter against her. They hated her. They think she deserves everything that she gets, um, but. They don't understand psychosis. It's
1: like the normal population wouldn't understand. It's like much fucking stichosis. sick human being just killed her kids. And mm-hmm. she's calm about it.
0: Well, and, and there's a lot of people out there who try to feign that and get away with it. Because they just don't want to be a parent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if you're listening to this and you think that she just quietly and completely within reason went and murdered her children knowing exactly what she was doing, uh, no.
1: No, it's not like she woke up one day and was like, hey, hmm.
0: Someone who will answer the door quiet and calm after murdering five children is seriously unwell. (laughs) That's psychosis. And she leads them to the master bedroom, a trail of water that's running from the bathroom to the bedroom. The bodies of four children are on the bed under a sheet. The police find Noah, the oldest son, floating in the bathtub. She has systematically drowned all five children. She brought them one by one into the bathroom and drowned them and this is about one of the worst cases of filicide, which is um, when mothers kill their children in U.S. history. Andrea would lead oh psychiatrist god. and talk about the heartbreaking moments leading up to the children's death. Sorry, guys, this is going to be hard. The
1: this... kids knew what was happening. They, um, oh my god, they,
0: they're. This is I'm, this is hard, and I, I'm I'm going to sound very, uh, monotone slash cold right now because you have to. I have to. Um, So she would lead psychiatrists and talk about the heartbreaking moments leading up to the children's death. And she said that Paul, aged three, came in and actually said to her, Mommy, we're going to take a bath. And she didn't answer him. She just put him in the bath and drowned him. And then she laid him on the bed. She returned to the bathroom because John, aged five, had had wandered in. At this point, he refused to get in the bath. So she lifted him in and she drowned him. Luke, aged two, was next and andrew didn't know it at that point but he'd watched her drown john so in some way he had to have known what was coming but at the same time at two years old how do you comprehend that as a small child and you trust your mom yeah his mom and then mary six months old is sitting on the floor crying while she was watching the drowning of Luke. before andrea picks her up next and then after she takes mary into the bed she then called for noah the oldest at age seven he walks in, actually, and sees Mary floating face down still. He says what happened to Mary, and then he tries to run away because he's old enough to know, like, something's not right. She chases him through the house, catches him, struggles with him back to the bathroom where she drowns him alongside his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's horrible to imagine, I mean, if these kids did know, I mean, obviously no one knew what was going on. But, like, this person that they love the most in the world
1: just murders them one by one. And they each watch the one before them, basically.
0: Kind of. um,
1: Well, not the first one, but not the The only one we
0: know, like, for sure saw one would be Mary, who was six months old, and then...
1: The two-year-old. The
0: two-year-old Luke. And then Noah was called in later, but sees Mary in there. Obviously, knows something's not
1: right. I wonder where Noah, or I wonder where he, what, maybe in his room? Or...
0: Yeah, I mean, he was seven, so he was a little bit older.
1: Doing what kids do someplace, mm-hmm. oh my God.
0: And um, after she killed him, she said, I placed them on the bed, underneath the sheet, uh, but for whatever reason that we don't ever really learn, she leaves Noah face down
1: the one that struggled the most she probably couldn't like
0: and and it might be because he was too heavy for her to lift up at that time you have to remember she's very weak she hasn't eaten much Mm. I mean she just struggled trying to get him in there Mm -mm. that's the other thing like it takes like up to three minutes uh one of the things that the police and psychiatrist and the psychologist all want to know is like why did you kill them why did you kill your children and she says i was a bad mother i needed to be punished and she feels this way she she honestly feels this way (laughs) like she feels this when she's asked why she's killed her children she said i'm a bad mother i need to be punished and she was prepared to go to hell for that she was afraid the children weren't developing properly she believes that two of the boys were in her words and this is not my word. I don't use this word. Retarded. It's her word.
1: I bet it was his word. I bet that... Or I... that
0: could be too. Uh, mm. Due to the homeschooling. So she feels like she's failed in that too. That they're not developing correctly because of her. And she told police that she'd actually planned to kill them the night before she did. And she's been thinking on it two years. Which would make sense. Because that's when she was first put in the hospital about two years ago. Thank uh,
1: Hmm? I guarantee... And I wasn't there. But I guarantee when she was at home with him and the kids were being naughty, Rusty was like, You're a fucking failure as a mother. Look at these kids, they're outraged. They're going yeah, all over, yeah. them, all over the they're retarded. Me. He fucking brain Okay, my ex kept on telling me all the time, You're a bad mom, you don't love your kids because Audience, I'm an addict, right? <laughs> 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 Obiates were my thing. We both aren't right. Right? And Um, Good moms don't do things like that. How could you do that? And he and so... The funniest thing is, you're
0: an addict. There's a lot of really good parents out there.
1: Right. But, I mean, like, he had me so convinced that I was a bad mother. Like, when we got divorced, he has the kids. I mean, he's an amazing father. But I was terrified. I was terrified to raise my children. Mm -hmm. Because I thought I didn't love them. Because, I mean, what mom would go get addicted? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, I guarantee... That he was just like, for two years or more, telling her what a failure she was. While
0: she was in the out, like, yeah. I could... Why can't I say that word tonight. Hospitals. Right. I mean, you, seven you're times. such
1: a bad mother. Like, our kids are going to be horrible. They're not going to amount to anything. Like, and. Oh,
0: oh yeah. And they're all going to hell.
1: I bet that motherfucker's married again. He is, isn't he? Oh, great. I'm not there yet because I've to
0: stop the recording for a second. Because we're out of the
1: Oh, my God. Okay so
0: obviously she's been thinking about doing this for two years uh so the next day when she's in custody she's absolutely distraught she's anxious she's picking at her lips she's longing she's crying she's calling herself satan she's constantly going through the seven deadly sins like out loud over and over talking about a prophecy and that she um that she thinks is going to come true and now that she's killed her children because she believed this is a prophecy because She killed her children because she believed if she killed her children, then the state would kill her and therefore Satan because she believed Satan was her.
1: So by killing her children and by then killing her, he would also kill Satan and she was saving the rest of the world because Satan would be dead. Oh my God. So is she a murderer? Yes. Yes. She is
0: absolutely. I mean, you, you, can't, yeah. you can't really deny that. There, she is. She is. She is. And and it was horribly and brutally and unnecessary to kill her children. But the reasoning behind it, she felt it was. If she doesn't kill them, then Satan says alive by killing her kids and sending them off to be received by God in Jesus's arms. Then that the state would execute her, that would kill Satan. So Shaz, she needs. To her core, to yes. her very core, absolutely. That was that was reality. the only that was, that was her that only was option. A psychotic break
1: right there, like no reality. At all. The only way she was going to save her kids and the world well, was by, by killing, killing them. The kids, so that way the state. Would kill. And then the state didn't kill her. <laughs> well, obviously, it's,
0: um, yeah. It's there too, oh and so even after this, even after she's been arrested, and when you look at the medical records again, they indicate that she is suffering. These horrific visual and auditory hallucinations. Um, even after the killing, she was, and she was, she was uh, chronic. Uh, she was a mental. She was mental. Basically, basically, she was mental. She was a nice. She wasn't yeah. there. She wasn't there for the first month in jail, which she shouldn't have even been in the jail. For for sake. Sake. She was. You know, that's not good for her. It's not good for the other people in there. Um, she was constantly crying, shouting, screaming, clinging cameras. Were watching her. Probably. Or to at a certain point, point but you know <laughs> where she meant. Yeah. Um, so she still has this high level of psychotic behavior and at no point during this time can she comprehend that she was ill. Everything was real to her the devil being possessed by demons she wasn't ill in her mind her own sick mind didn't know it was sick so like it was normalized for her. Yeah think about it that way like you don't see anything wrong and you're not understanding what everyone else is an is, like, <laughs> Brian. Because you don't know that your own mind is that sick. Right? It. She's like, you guys are the issue. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> she's like, I just, I did it because of this, you know? I mean, like, duh. So, like, she could, she thought she could see what others couldn't. So, she is confused because imagine it being you. And in your mind, what you have done. Makes perfect sense, right? And yet everybody else is treating you like they don't understand what's going on and that you're the problem, right? They should, should, like, you should be praising me. I just saved the world and my kids. Like, (sighs) plus she's still having these psychotic things, like hallucinations and, 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 and. Like, why aren't I being praised? Why am I in a jail cell? And in just in general, still having those different auditory and and visual hallucinations (sighs) inside her. And where is her husband for all this? You know, around. Many might think, that this is she deserves it She murdered five kids but remember she murdered five kids or did her psychosis murder like at that point she's not even it's not yeah she's not her not her so the first um capital murder trial for andrea began in 2006 now just remember she's been tried for capital murder with the chance of her receiving the death penalty which she would. That's what she wants. I know and um um what she did was obviously it was a heinous barbaric, horrific act. But you're talking about a seriously ill woman. She drowned her children in a psychotic state. What she needs is help, and that can be really difficult. So the idea that that we should help somebody who's caused so much distress, it, it it's it's just it's kind of hard to Like why would we do that? Yeah. Look, I mean it's just like I, it's just hard it's hard it's hard and even with all that history and all the doctors who've been involved in the case the prosecution still pursues the death penalty because in their minds they perceive it as evil yeah, well, oh, she deserves just, a, to a monster die. she you know and she even wants to die so give her what she wants Yeah, I mean Andrea and her defense team clearly are going to use the defense of insanity
1: And she probably doesn't even know they're doing that for her. She, she. I I mean, I don't know how far. Well, because it's five years later. She knows. No, well, yeah. At this point, yeah.
0: We'll get. Oh my. We'll get to that. Um. So she's sane now. Oh my god. She was not in the real world at that time. She was living in fear, living in horror, and it's a. It was a constant twenty-four-hour struggle. So many psychologists and psychiatrists came in to testify in her favor. Those psychiatrists and psychologists had actually treated her in the past. They had a history. Their experience of her wasn't based on the events that unraveled that
1: day. They were treating her from the past. You know, they're probably thinking, I can't believe she went on this long, right? It's like they knew. It was just like a
0: a ticking time bomb. Yeah, yeah. And all of those said that there was absolutely no way that she could distinguish between right and wrong at the time that that she committed the offense; she was out of her mind. But she said that there's she always had a it.
1: but, right?
0: There was one psychiatrist. No nope. one but. Um, mind you, this is the defense of the psychiatrist. <laughs> Um, there always is. There always is because money talks with respect, and you can always pay somebody to say what you need. Uh, especially when you work at NASA. Uh, well, but this is the, the defense, and he stands by her. Oh, surprisingly. Anyway, um, there's a Dr. Park, Park Dietz. Mm-hmm. I typed that up wrong, I think. Anyway, she testified that she did know the difference. He was the only expert out of all of them T- to reach this conclusion. He was also the only one that never treated her. <laughs> and he said, because she said that Satan was communicating with her and she was religious, that means she would know right from wrong. He also said if Andrea had intended to save her children's souls by killing, she'd have told people after all, after it was done. That would have been a good thing, right? I not know what you were saying, but she didn't. That's because psychosis doesn't work like that. It doesn't work
1: like that. Right. Don't or around bragging people. No, Leave <laughs> them. And also, like, she was religious, so she did believe in Satan. So that was like... I know, that's him reaching for...
0: <laughs> yeah, that- <Yep>. he, <laughs> so he also said <laughs> she covered the children in sheets after they were dead. That shows guilt and shame. It does. It can. I'm not going to dispute that because there's a lot of times that it does. Not in this case. I think it was just like, that's what you do. That's like, Or I mean, she did it. You know, oh I mean, so Who knows? <laughs> and now there's um, a rule. I don't want- so there's a rule that needs to be applied at this point when somebody is going for the insanity plea, and in here in the states, it's called the Minorton rule of insanity, and this is a Texas law that that this is derived from. It says it is an affirmative defense to prosecution that at the time of conduct, charging the actor. I'm going to clarify this. So this is a quote. As okay, it is an affirmative of defense. To prosecution that at the time of conduct charged the actor as a result of severe mental disease or defect did not know that his conduct was wrong basically just saying like the person that did it didn't know they weren't there that that what they were doing was wrong that's what that i mean that's very legal like legal jargon is hard right it's like when you black out drunk well it's it would like just legal jargon like conduct charged the actor you mean person Person, you're on trial. Why? Can you just
1: say that? <laughs> why, why you gotta get fancy with you it? You know, you're in all that trying to like this. Anyway.
0: So, in this case, clearly suffering a mental disease, severe postnatal depression, and postnatal psychosis should leverage that. That makes sense. mm-hmm She should have absolutely no idea of what she was doing, but no, no.
1: Mm-mm. In
0: spite of the way the evidence is and was. By all the expert testimony, the jury said she knew what she was doing. <laughs> yeah. They were objective. I really, really like Dr. Part's testimony. Yet, in the interviews with the psychiatrist, at the same time, she said she thought it was the right thing to do. She thought she was saving their souls. It was only after the event, obviously, after she had started to become more aware, lucid, and given that she realized what she had done was wrong. Then, now, they didn't sentence her to death. Instead, they they sentenced her at first to imprisonment with a possibility of parole after 40 years. (sighs) You might think this is a long time. You might think she deserves it. (sighs) And she certainly wasn't well and shouldn't be in the community. But but she guilty of murder, true murder with intent. Because that's what they're claiming. There's no, they're not
1: saying that she's not, they found her guilt. She woke up one day and was like, these bitches are annoying the crap yep. out of me. I'm going to kill them. Yep. I didn't mean to sound so like.
0: That's I mean, but that's kind of, I don't know what they're saying. Right. So, um, however, she was able to appeal this conviction. Thank goodness. Because it's even better when you have a paid psychiatrist. This Dr. Parks, medical evidence, and what happened. Uh, obviously influenced the jury. So, throw in here with with his testimony at her first trial. He also uh, said that Andrea and Rusky watched an episode of Law and Order, and in that episode, a woman had drowned her children. So he said, you know, they followed that series, and that's where she got the uh, the idea. Problem was, that had never been an episode. <laughs>
1: He fabricated a fucking episode of The Lock and Order.
0: That episode did not exist. That had never been an episode that played out that way. But (laughs) at the end of the day, she went down for 40 years because of that. Because he was a psychiatrist, he was a professional, and he convinced them
1: of this. Oh my god. I hope he's in jail. Perjury. Well, it's not perjury
0: he lied under oh. oath well but you can't say that he's we'll get there I okay i we'll get there um but again again just to i'm gonna keep putting this in your people's brains she claimed during that period that she murdered her children she had the devil in her she felt that she was evil and her kids she felt that if she was evil her kids would be evil too generally be- genuinely believed she needed to kill her children to save their souls from eternal damnation so they can go with jesus she could be executed and then see, will be dead. So she did it to save the kids. She was being a martyr. In her mind. Like, in her mind, yes. Yeah. Because that's her reality. Um, Luckily, she was then after her second trial and after they realized that, like, uh, his, his, uh shit was wrong. whoop de You know, the fact that he never treated her to begin with should have been a red flag. Mm-hmm. But then, like, that this episode didn't exist. And, and you have to realize, too, the law and order has been on for so long that, who knows? Maybe he got something. Con- I don't even know. But it was. But it he, you out. can't say it's perjury because he could have just been like,
1: I was confused.
0: Right, and perjury is like to yourself. Like perjury is is when you definitely know you lied there. Like you have with- definitely lied. The motherfucker definitely knew he lied. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't know. But he's paid. He's paid for, He paid that by the defense. And <laughs> no, I not the defense. <laughs> the prosecution. Sorry, <laughs> the prosecution. Oh, who cares? He lied. I don't, okay um <laughs> so luckily they did find andrea yates not guilty of murder because of insanity however that doesn't mean she gets to walk free nope, nope, nope. right because at the end of the day she murdered yes and she does need help. Uh, so she was committed um to the north texas state hospital which is a lot better than our prison uh so it was it's a it was a this time she was going to a high security mental health facility in Vernon, Texas. And when she expressed the feelings that she was having. Leading up to the. And again. This is again what her reality was. She thought cartoon characters were telling her to do it. She mm-hmm. thought she received severe messages from the movies. She heard human voices telling her to do things. Get a knife. Kill your kid. She heard growling coming from the walls. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, She was terrified all the, time. all the time. All the time. And so she thought it was. All the way through this,
1: she,
0: you know, all, but all the way, all the way through this trial, she also defended Rusty. Of course, she did because that's her husband. She said he was perfect, he was law, and he was righteous. Never said anything wrong. Helped her all the time. Yep, I'm not gonna say anything there. Um. So in January, but in January 2007, Andrea was moved to a low security state hospital in Kerrville, Texas, which is good because I think that. Low security is where she needs to be. She isn't a bad person. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's broken. She's damaged and suffers from some very serious mental health and mental illnesses, but she's not a criminal. Mm -hmm. And she deserves to be able to have, like, a little bit of freedom.
1: You know what's crazy is she had six years of just hell and all of this stuff, and then she gets on medication and she comes out of that to find out that she just... Well, um, well, yeah, we'll
0: kind of get into that because Andrea is now um, currently... My like 2022, I think it was the last thing I read about her. Um, but she, age 58, and she remains in the psychiatric hospital to this day, despite the choice to undergo a review and possibly be released each year. Andrea has declined that review every year for the last 16 years. Of course she, has. because she doesn't to be out. I mean, like, she because she at this at this point she knows what she's done. She knows it's wrong. She's punishing herself, and because what it. What is she gonna do if she gets out? Right. Like where where is she gonna go? When is she gonna like how old was she when she went in? Uh where she but she was like twenty two when they got married? No.
1: She was a little bit older. I'll have to go back. I'm okay. But she's been in there for a good twenty years or like fifteen.
0: Um let's see, January two thousand seven or those It's been a while. I mean she was in her thirties thirty, you know, she was thirty six when she were then. No so oh, 22 years. Logan, my son. Just been born. If he was born in two thousand and six. 2000s. was 17. So it was 17 years. Well, it's 18 years. Oh was 18? And up to this day, she still remains in her age 58. So she got put in prison the first time at 36, and she's now 58. So she's been, in, I mean, in a secure facility for 22 years. So Rusty, the worst Andrew in 2006, why, why? Well, cause he's got a wife and they're gonna have a son. What?
1: Who the fuck would marry him? Apparently, That's retarded.
0: Um, the only good thing her little give to Rusty is that he only had nice things to say about his ex-wife. No oh, shit, <laughs> is... What else are he gonna say, dude? Right, I'm sorry, you I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of Rusty. Oh, okay. She was
1: pulling out her hair. Can you imagine? Do you have a picture? She probably looks like No, because I mean they don't have my pictures right now. I mean, right. But I but can't... like
0: okay, first of all, first time you came home to your wife with her a knife
1: to her throat
0: asking begging you to let her in her life
1: so she doesn't kill your kids. Right. You're it... When I think about her pulling her hair, uh, the sound is kind of like, I don't know, I I, I think of a, m- malting, a mulching bird. You know, yeah. those birds that well, are just like... Just, like I said, it might have been a- the start of the trip. Yeah.
0: That's how you say it. She could tell me. It's one way, they pull, the dang way. Um, That's not... Like, she's invisible. You could physically look at her and tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh, like I said, through, through learning about this case and and reading these different things and interviews and whatever like I feel really I feel sadness I I don't think she was evil at all I think she was really really ill mentally screaming for help yeah and I think that despite the continuous warning sign she was failed on every level Mm -hmm. it feels like Andrea's well-being was always taken secondarily to Rusty's desire for lots of children and she was a victim in that too, yeah. but that obviously, obviously, I, I want to make this clear too. That will never make okay the killing of those children
1: mm. because
0: they deserve to have a full life, right. loved by a mother who clearly did love them and was devoted to them. Yeah. But they've been denied that because of a mental illness that even to today is not taken seriously. I right. seriously, it needs to be. But believe me, she was not somebody guilty of murder. Not pre She was somebody guilty of insanity. And here's the thing, like,
1: her husband, I don't think that he got any, like, okay, so. I don't think you listened to a word the doctor No, point. I don't think anybody even looked at him at all. What do you mean looked at him? I mean, all? like. He is, a for me, right, and maybe I'm objective because I've been in narcissistic relationships and I was married to a very controlling man. Like, he had a part to play in that. Oh, I believe he probably did too, to a certain extent. But then you'd have to say, well, his mom
0: did, her mom did, blah, blah, blah. No. I, I don't know. But, like, the whole point is, like, you can't, you know. Right. Yes, I think he did too. I completely agree with you. I think he let her down. I think that he 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 instilled in her things I and think narcissistic behavior like whew. I think that if he had listened to the doctors from the start mm-hmm. and I mean actually listen actually listened to his wife from the start and he cared about yeah, her. We wouldn't be here because she would have gotten the help that she needed at the time it was needed before it got to this point. She and he sure as heck wouldn't have later had me more- working because that is what that whole thing off at the end and i think that
1: he was an abusive man maybe not physically but emotionally oh i could because see that if that he was a wired preacher right and if he was a nice man and supported her she probably wouldn't have ever went
0: to not necessarily because you can't really well with the postpartum like yeah. you know
1: but all of the extra stuff that happened afterwards mm-hmm. like would have never happened he yeah, he, he. I mean, look, like I, those I agree. words about.
0: I'm telling you, um, uh, I'm, um, oh, I'm, but that like pisses me off so much. But like I said, like, sorry, I stood up. I started looking into this, like, when I first actually listened to an episode about two years ago. Like, I was stunned like, because I'd never heard of this side of it. I'd always monster. She killed five kids. She dropped like. I think he but, should have been in an accessory to murder. Straight the
1: fuck up. Maybe, but there's no way to prove it. Yeah, I know. Not um, with something like that. That's true, and I know that. But like my heart, my gut, and everything is like that. In I a, know. Look, in a certain like, you it. can't do
0: anything legally about it. But is he in part responsible? I hell yeah, yes. And some of you out there might disagree with that. That's your own opinion. But I think, I feel, I know. If he, yeah, he was an accessory to murder, and. Not even murder, because she didn't, I mean, it was... If she's getting charged for murder, he's getting accessory to murder. Well, in my it, was, it was not guilty. But it was well, family. yeah. But, but, yes, she did kill them. And he's an accessory. He had a partner, I yes. And every person that left her alone with him.
1: But mostly that, that, him.
0: That, well, he's definitely the one, though, that made that total decision there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need to wean her off, being supervised. She'll so never be able to take care of the killer. Can you imagine, though, coming out of that state? being on medication that works for you and realizing coming coming to that realization of mm-hmm. what you've done mm-hmm. and that you're seeking wasn't right and that oh my god i can't imagine i oh. mean i think that's why she's keeping herself locked up too because she's like i can't be out there by myself i can't trust myself right and like
1: everything that she was doing was for that man and then he divorces her and leaves her
0: he waits long for the trial, and we. I'm
1: right, I'm sure he married just like that because he was already dating somebody, and he was hoping that would happen so he could start fresh all over again.
0: I don't even know. I don't even know. Like you know, it's just nobody can know exactly what's going on inside somebody's home. That's true. Not but not know. excusing Rust at all. No, because I heard he it. he didn't listen to the doctors. Obviously.
1: So he, what else was he, he, he? You know, no.
0: He was listening to this hellfire preacher. He was bent on listening and following that path. Huh. He's an ashtonistic. I wonder how his marriage is going. I don't know. I didn't bother looking him up anymore. I didn't think it was really it. But, I mean, so like I said, if you guys have ever heard anything about that case and hadn't really heard deep into it and like what she was going through and the fact that, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of women out there. Trust me, I seen, heard, listened to, read about tons of cases. Heck, I did that whole, what, 12 episode on Mary Beth Denny? She was a bad bitch. Yeah, well, like I said, but like, she was not crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, anybody, like, any case that I've heard of a mother or father, whatever, killing their kids, killing their family, trying to say that they're insane, no. No, because you're trying to cover stuff up, you had stuff planned out, yada, yada, yada. She asked and she had trails. She, yeah, that's just it. She was in the hospital seven times in two years. And nobody fakes being in that state. No, not when you've got all these different psychiatrists. Like, no, no. no. You, and be consistent and plan for two years. No, no. She definitely, I mean, she was good. And each time it was worse and worse mm-hmm. until she hit that psychotic break. break. She finally hit that place in reality where it, total break with reality
1: nice. completely gone.
0: It's like she had given. Like she walked from one dimension into another. Mm-hmm. She just stopped fighting. Like she couldn't fight anymore. No you know? Well, like, little, how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to fight against your own brain? Yeah. I'm and mad. I believe me, afraid. I go through that a lot. Like how, I mean, I'm I'm not going through psycho. I'm not having a psychotic break, you guys. But when you're fighting your own mind, like how do you get away from your head? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like I have anxiety. Just calm down. Your anxiety will be better. It's in your head. No shit. That's where my brain's at. Like, it's not anything that can be helped other than medication. Oh, and not having more kids. Right? And so here's the
1: thing. Like, when she's at home, like, Rusty is seen and watching his wife deteriorate. And he, I guess, he's just adding to the fuel. Well, because he wants her home. And he's embarrassed. And he's... I mean, the verbal, though. He well, yeah. fucked with her head. I guarantee fucking you. Well, yeah. Like... Because no kind, sane person watches the spouse, a person living in the house with them, going through this, Mm -hmm. and
0: just... He was adding to the feel. I think he was adding to it, and I think that he was also following this religion, and a lot of those religious too, don't leave medication. He didn't trust... He he didn't trust psychiatrists. He didn't trust... He should have trusted what he was witnessing at his fucking house. I think he was totally blind to it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. not,
0: oh, i mean not totally blind but i think like you know what i mean by blind is turning a blind eye and ignoring it because he, that was easier for him to right. just ignore it and go to work
1: right so you know how we talk about like you're doing the 22 stages of evil and you remember that one lady who was like having her husband water for
0: their daughters the one evil chick yeah we haven't done that yet like Oh, that no, one you're talking about. You know
1: how, like, she, she just played evil. Yeah. I fucking feel like that was him too. It's not without the. Re- I think he was no, just a, a certain, sick, disgusting human being.
0: Parts, but the other one that you are talking about, she was born. I think she was born that way. I think Rusty got influenced a little bit. He, yeah, but the other one was born. I might get into that. That's yeah, that one was born. Shelly Kotek. Oh my god! Don't even. I uh,
1: bet. I mean, at some that's point, like a four like whether you're indoctrinated or like you start believing what this guy is saying, like at some point you're looking at your wife and you're like, okay, something's not right here. This guy is fucking off his rock.
0: It could be like that. But look at all the people out there that don't believe in modern medicine.
1: This, this is an extreme. I get what you're saying. I'm going to stop arguing because I'm just, I hate No, I know
0: you're upset. I mean, I was upset too the first time. I'm only this calm because I've had, a right. lot of time to process it, and a lot of time to read through it, and a lot of time to listen to it and other people's opinions on it and everything else. And that is why you guys, in case you ever do listen to any of these episodes, and I go through these horrific things or whatever, and I sound very normal, normal like, normal. like it's not affecting me. It's because I've had to detach, detach, and I've and I've I had to go through it in my head so many times in order to get past that
1: visceral reaction. Right. And you've been doing like, so you did the podcast in the last couple of years, but you have literally been following true crime since you were teenager or younger. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, not true crime. Probably
0: teenager for true crime, but mysteries and, and Stephen King and drunk. Yes. Right.
1: So it's a, it's a thing. It is. And I just learned that her grandmother turned her on to it. Right. Yeah. My grandma used
0: to read like, she started, she started she would read mystery books. And the first ones that she had me like recommended to me was like A Cat That Solved Mysteries. It was like The Cat, all blah, blah, blah. I mean, they were still adult. They were adult books, after books, whatever. And then eventually that led to like Mary Higgins Clark. And that led to that, <laughs> that, Yeah. And so it, I, I blame my grandma. <laughs> they bonded over it. So
1: now she's going to bond with her grandbaby. I already just hided. I'm gonna tell her I'm scary in a positive way cheese. No, I'm
0: going to tell you the real handsome Gretel. Gretel. I can't think of the name of the two grim fairy tales. I'm going to tell you the real grim fairy tales. not The not prettied up Disney Hmm. Well, uh, Kendra, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys learned something new, if not about the case, about post-harm psychosis, post-harm depression. Again, in the show notes, there will be resources. I will list website links different resources if you need help if you think you need help if you have a partner if you have a friend if you have somebody that you think is suffering through something like this and is afraid to get help or can't get help because they're already the in those throws you just right yeah, it's because this stuff is serious um it doesn't get talked about enough and it reach very out. Real. yeah it's very real and i know it's hard to reach out so sometimes people outside of that person have to
1: reach in <sighs> yeah and it is your business if it's your friend or somebody close like It's your business Mm -hmm. to make sure they're doing okay, especially if they just had
0: a baby. Like, even if they've never had any kind of depression or mental health stuff before, it doesn't mean that they won't, right? like I said, like, what, one in 10 suffer from some type of postpartum depression. You know, like, just check in
1: with them. See if they need a break. And if you notice something and you don't want to go and make a big thing, start paying attention. Mm -hmm. Make yourself present. Um, At least let them know that you are there.
0: Yeah, who help if needed? Don't overcrowd, but like you know, and if you just, don't like, just pay attention, yeah, just pay attention, pay attention to everybody around you. Just love, love, love,
1: love, love, love. God, but except I for trust- fucking Russ, whatever is rusty, 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 rusty nail. And uh, <laughs> I yay, okay, oh, um, well, Kendra, I- thank you, yes, for doing this. You did a really good job. I'm not
0: sure what's gonna happen next time because we 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 had a discussion. Yes, we did between these episodes. And this twenty two levels of evil it's it's I feel like it's put me in a box. Box that is that is trapping me and losing focus and motivation and, and wanting to cover anything because it's just it's hard for the first levels. And then I I find other cases and I'm like, that would be really cool to like I mean, I want to cover this one, but it doesn't fit into it. so it became overwhelming and I I don't know if it was just, I feel constricted. Yeah. I don't feel like I have, I hate to say creative liberty, but right. Kind of. Um, so we're giving ourselves that back. Yeah, we are. We are. It's not that we're, I'm not giving up on the 22 levels of evil, but we're going to take some time to actually look more into it, look more into these cases. But in the meantime, we're still going to be releasing content.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it'll just be not necessarily related to the 22 levels of evil. Yeah. And, Hopefully that will get us back onto a schedule because I won't be like uh, I can't do anything, I can't record anything yet because I don't have this level figured out yet, and I can't move on from this level until I get the
1: me and Kendra because I was gone for a while and I'm getting back in, so we gotta find our groove again and mm-hmm. like so <laughs> you guys are like our guinea pigs. <laughs> this is all brand not new. Not so yeah, maybe not again.
0: You guys are like rats in a cage.
1: Yeah. That have to listen to us in a box, or in your earphones, or ah, a- we're in your head. I'm just saying we're brand new and stick around because it's, it's gonna it. get better. It's it's gonna get better. I shouldn't do that one up. Oh, oh.
0: But stick around. Yeah. We're gonna get better. Yeah, stuff will get out more often again, and it'll be. I'm hoping more cohesive. Yeah. Not- Co- <laughs> cohesive. <laughs> or will. <laughs> Police, um Um uh, consistent? I don't know. Cases that you could tell that I'm passionate about talking about instead of just like mm, like like
1: regurgitating information. <laughs> you know what? We could never be under contract with anybody. No, that's why we're an independent Yeah. We but could that
0: doesn't mean that people won't accept donations from you guys if you want to go to buy me a copy. <laughs> yeah, just don't try to control us. Look at the bottom of the table. <laughs> Look at the, they can't. Look at, we can't
1: even control ourselves without freaking out.
0: Suggest, I mean, like, if you guys can suggest any darn thing you want, if you go to the bottom of the show notes, there's going to be a link to all the links. You can do requests. Go to buy me a coffee, one-time donation if you want to. Do a membership, in which case, like this one, you would have gotten both parts, like, released to you all once. Um, <laughs>
1: this second part is going to be a long-ass fucking episode. <laughs>
0: Now you know I wanted to break in into two parts.
1: Right. So I love you guys.
0: Yeah, thanks for putting up with us. And I mean, yeah. Uh putting up with Yeah. Into all a good night.
1: <laughs> oh, she got me a doorbell. Right. Yes. And it sings. And it's got <laughs> I love it. Oh,
0: Kendrick. It's they- not even that late right now, you guys. It's earlier. This is about time we might start recording. <gasps> right. Nine thirty at night. Right, we started at 6. I know. Well, this is a long one. Yeah, you did a good job. Thanks. I'm All standing right. up now. <laughs> Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Not see you. I always say see you. Well, oh. visually see you. Tune in next time. Oh, yeah. I gotta think of something safe going to in here. Bye. <laughs>